With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Here's Miller and Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. Hey everybody, welcome in. It's Jimmy B, it's Trent, and it's Ken. And it's a lovely day in the neighborhood on 1460 KXNO. And 106.3 Jimmy B, things have changed since you left in 2014. By the way, wait, let me stop. All right. Did I just hear a commercial for Trent getting his wanky snapped? (laughs) No, no, that's not how it works, Jimmy B. That's you just got you got your wanky snip. No, that's that's not how it works. Urology Center of Iowa. It's a vasectomy. There's nothing to do with the actual projectile. Oh my god! It's another piece that they work on, and it's oh, all good. Oh I man! Was, hey Jimmy B, you'll appreciate this. Okay. The day that I had that done, yes. last winter, yeah, I went on that night and I called high school basketball. Called a doubleheader, girls boys doubleheader, right after the procedure. Literally hours later. That's dedication. Was there cotton gauze or anything? Was it wrapped like in a tourniquet? Well, not a tourniquet. It's still there. I mean, we're all right. (laughs) Oh, God. Okay, I'm sorry. I just had to ask him that question. Arousing Football Friday start. (laughs) Indeed, we're underway. So uh, welcome in, everybody. BMW Des Moines guest list. Let's do that before we get back to it. Uh, Dave Sproul on Iowa State at the bottom of the hour. Tom Cakert will uh, recap the uh, two coordinators from uh, the University of Iowa. They had their media availability earlier in the week. I'm a Bob Trent and I around college football, Claxons, and our picks before we get out of here. Jimmy B is with us. Uh, look, Murph and Andy have Sipper. Uh, the Fanatics have who? Bruno? Yeah, yep. Um, Morning Rush has Paul? Yes. Parizic? Officer Parizic? We've got Jimmy B. <laughs> we drew the short straw. <laughs> I was just going to say, yes, you did. I'm glad to see you. So Jim worked here with uh, with me. We were doing afternoon drive from 2011? About four and a half years, About four roughly. and a half years yeah. uh, before he made a run for it. So good to see you. Welcome back. You're in town for a wedding, correct? Correct. Not yours. No. Uh, but uh, you and Kim uh, are, are joining us for the weekend, and you will or will not get to see I- Iowa State, Oklahoma State. I'll get a State. chance to watch some of it. Absolutely. Good. I'm not going to miss that. Well, you missed it 10 years ago in 2011, and you <laughs> the reason you did, I saw you tweeting about that game last night. Yes. It was an all-timer. I mean, it was. Knocking off number two and, and thwarting their... Where were we at the time? BCS dreams, mm-hmm. right, Trent? It ended the BCS for all intents and it, purposes. It did, yeah. You're we got right. the crappy Alabama LSU national oh, championship yeah. Again, game, right? Yes. And the wheels at least started in motion. Look, we can't have this anymore. We can't now, have two teams the, from the same conference. The regular season game, was mm-hmm. that like 9 7 or. Yeah. It was a low scoring affair, yeah, right? LSU, yeah, LSU beat them. Right, mm-hmm. right. In, in a low scoring game, and then we got it again. Yeah. But you were, the reason you missed it is um, you were. Uh, tab to do the 4A state championship at the, at the Unidome. Uh, you and Joe Quinn and uh, I believe Jeff Holdorf did the game. Correct. Uh, you guys sounded great, but of course the uh, the Oklahoma State Iowa State game was a Friday night, and you got to listen to John Walters and Eric Heft on your drive back home. I'm telling you, I thought we were going to cause a 30 car pileup. 
on the way home. I'm serious. We were screaming and yelling at the uh, radio, and it was crazy. It was one of the best times that I've had, I, I guess, coming back from calling a game someplace because we were so dialed in, and you didn't expect the way that that game played out. Not only was it high scoring, but the intensity and overtime and Jeff Woody driving into the end zone from a couple of yards out. I mean, he's, he's forever now locked, locked in cyclone lore. I don't know if he drinks, but if he does, I'm guessing he never has to buy too many beers. I would think not. Yeah. Kind of like me. (laughs) Well, you wouldn't anyways. You don't buy anything. Um, I'm sure Kim bought the plane tickets. Knowing you as we do. So good to see you. So I'm sure you still follow Iowa State and Absolutely. Iowa from, yes. a, from afar in your outpost in Arizona. Uh, what are your th- What are your thoughts on both teams? Well, the first thought was after that uh, Purdue game, Iowa just sucked. But <laughs> it was a case in point where they're not that bad of a football team. And, of course, you know, the Hawk faithful on those goofy message boards, the dopes just went off. And they wanted Ferentz fired. They wanted to change quarterbacks and ri- ridiculous. So I'll, I'll come back to that. The Iowa State scenario to me, and if we're going to get into this game right now uh, against Oklahoma State, it is eerily similar to what took place, what we just discussed, but it's still not the same. They're not the number two team, meaning Oklahoma State Cowboys coming in. They're eight. They're eight. But they are undefeated Mm -hmm. with road wins at Boise State and at Texas. Mm -hmm. So this is a quality football team. Oh, I agree with you. It really is. Now, Boise State's down a little bit this year. They are this year, yes. You go and you win on the blue turf. I'm with you. That's tough, yeah. It's tough to play there. And And from the standpoint of people thinking, well, it's... October, so that means it's Brocktober, which means they're just going to roll. I'm not buying that, Kenny I, and, and Trent. I'm not. I'm not buying that. That you know. You think that, it's a close? game. I think it's a close game. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised. I think Iowa State's a better football team. I think they're playing very well right now. Uh, both teams got have good defenses. Iowa State's got a better quarterback. Uh, Warren is a terrific running back. I'll take Brees Hall. Yes, one new trend. Oh yeah, I, I don't think you look at each one of these matchups and the way that it sets up. And you're right. They beat Boise. They beat Texas. Texas' second-half game plan is still absolutely baffling to me. When you got Robinson in the backfield, get right. the kid's ball. Uh, you saw Thompson already leave the game with an injury, mm-hmm. and Card had to come in, what, for a snap or two is all it was. But but still, I just I don't understand it. Frankly, I know they're undefeated. I know they're ranked eight. I don't think Oklahoma State's that good. I watched them. They struggled against Missouri yeah. State. Well, we talked about it yesterday. The two, we, it's, it's unfair to call them frauds at this point. Sure. A fake is maybe better. A fake unbeaten team. Michigan State and Oklahoma State are the two for me. Mm-hmm. They both kind of fall into that eh, f- fake. We'll see. Um, Going to be fun next week, Michigan uh, and, and Michigan State. So... It's not a great week of college football. This is, I think, Jim, the biggest game of the day in college football. Yes, I get the game days going to a Pac-12 affair, UCLA and Oregon. I don't think Oregon is that good. I don't either. No, I don't either. No, no. And I've seen them many times now. Thibodeau's a stud. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah first, he probably is. first pick in the draft. So, how many yeah. Arizona State games do you get to? Uh, about three or four. That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, That's more good. more more Cardinals games, mm-hmm. but about three or four. So, a press pass or who gives you the tickets? Who are you talking to here? Come on. Well, I know you're not buying. That's what I'm asking. It's one of the two. 
Um, uh, what's what's the buzz around them? I don't want to spend a ton of time on it, but okay. Herm Edwards and there seems yeah. to be a little you know cloud following the program, some investigation perhaps, that, and that's that is ongoing. It's ongoing. So is it, is this feel like? I mean, are they legit? Um, they were legit until they got pounded at Utah last week. Right after they gave up uh, 28. 20, 28 right. in the second half. Yeah. And for the life of me, I could not figure out because their defense uh, is relatively good. Mm-hmm. Yet, on the other hand, they look like they were lost in space in the second half of that game. And so... Right now, the cloud that was gone from Herm Edwards yeah. is now starting to creep back in. People focusing on that instead of that. The... That is correct. So you're also covering the only undefeated team left in the NFL. With that Arizona, is true. Yes, and the Cardinals, of course. And with that, so I just always like to get. We talk to David Kaplan on a weekly basis. Ultimately, it's a Bears town. It doesn't matter if the Bears stink and the Cubs are great or the White Sox or the Blackhawks or anything else. It's still about the Bears. What's That's Phoenix? A great like? question. You know what? Let's what you is, and I guess before Jimmy B says. Suns, long-standing tradition. Mm-hmm. They've been there for a really yeah. long time. Have early history success. The first, the the, they were the first pro team there. They were the first right. one there. Arizona moved from St. Louis. Right. Arizona Diamondbacks, an expansion team. I think you hit it on the head. I think it's the Suns. The Suns are still ultimately number one. That's kind of where I thought, just because of kind of the long-standing. I know it's the NFL. NFL is king, but mm-hmm. Jimmy B. Fell and us I in. don't even want to do the other one because that was the biggest gut punch in my life. Yeah, that was uh, Winnipeg moving. Yes. Yeah. yeah, it was. Right. Look, I can tell you this about the Suns: when they made the run to the championship, mm-hmm. the the town was electric. I mean, absolutely. I mean, the tickets were like three grand just to get in. Wow. I thought they'd get win into the arena. I thought they'd win. Yeah, and and they did. They won the first two games. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and then Akutkupo said, uh, "Nope, Giannis is going to show up now, and this game yeah. is going to be over." And they and they win four straight. So, but the Suns themselves, with the with the talent that is on that team right now, they are more than capable of making that run again. However. If you look at the Western Conference, Ugh. that is a juggernaut mm-hmm. conference. And it looks like the Warriors are back. It, and they are back. And remember, uh, they don't have the other Splash uh-huh. Brother yet. Yeah. Okay, So when he gets back, yeah. Warriors really are going to be difficult what's, to deal with. What's Steph Curry's MVP price, Trent? Oh, that's a good question. Because man, oh man. It wasn't very good, I know, coming into the well, year. I was be... surprised. He was like the six or seven choice. I thought he'd be a tick higher than that. Yeah, right. He's, he's probably there, if not worse by now. Right. Uh, well, after fun. last night, oh, forty-five, right? Yeah, yeah, unbelievable, boy. He's uh, he's 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 fun to watch. So it is a Suns town. Would you say if you had I would, to? I would say right now. Now, if the Cardinals go on this incredible run that they mm-hmm. are on, you, just like what you guys always say, football is king. Mm-hmm. That will change. But if they are indeed a Super Bowl team. And the last time the Cardinals went to the Super Bowl, I was there, and so was I. Yep. And it was in Tampa Bay. It was, and we didn't know each other. No, we then. didn't, and we were probably in the press box. <laughs> Super Bowl forty three. I wasn't. You were. I was. Yes. Well, I, I was I, in the last row, but at the fifty yard line. Okay. Well, I know people. Eighteen hundred dollars. No, it was more now. Twenty one hundred dollars a ticket. Wow. Jeez. Oh, well, I got a pass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And of course, that was uh, the great uh, drive that was. Uh, Ben Roethlisberger had. Unbelievable! Yeah, and it and it gutted the uh, the Cardinals at that time. Mm-hmm. But 
people are. By the way, James Harrison, there were so many oh, blocks in the back there, on that. There return. were, and there were no Touchdown. whistles. None. Couldn't believe it. Yeah, no End whistles. End of the first half. Yeah. Kurt Warner, Kurt Warner got robbed of one with the, he did. Uh, with the Cardinals. Yep, he did. But Santana it, Moss, right? Yes. Yep. So from the from the, the, the stand-up point about this is that the Suns, as popular and as good as they are, if indeed the Cardinals are making a deep run in the playoffs, remember Super Bowl's February, after the Super Bowl, and then the Suns pick up steam again and make their run into the NBA, I mean, the, the, it'll just blow up in the Valley of the Sun. Hmm. I mean, just blow up. Do people care about college sports? I, I know... Yeah, alums yeah, and things they, like that. But yeah. it's a pro sports city. I, I think is. of Minneapolis and the Gophers. You know, people right. always say the worst thing to ever happen to the Gopher football program, which was great. You remember this, Princeton, because you're old, was the Gophers <laughs> and then the Vikings, the Vikings coming in because all of a sudden, well, you don't have the attention. You don't have the ticket base. Correct. All those things. What about Arizona, same, Arizona State? Same deal. Same now. Arizona's different because it's in Tucson, an hour and a half But away. what about right. the rivalry? Uh, the rivalry is the... Uh, Territorial Cup, mm-hmm. it's always fun, yep. always intense, and Arizona State has won like the last six or seven in a row. Well, Arizona's on tonight, and they're awful. They're yeah, they Washington, are, they are right? bad. Who's bad themselves? Washington's not very good yeah, either. I, I think one of the dopes on this show picked them to win the Pac-12. <laughs> Our predictions are not going to look pretty at the That's end of the That's why season. I'm on this show today, so I can change all that. <laughs> Ooh. That was brutal. One of us picked the Twins to go to the World Series, oh! and it wasn't me. Oh! But you know who I? You know who I had beating the Twins in the World Series, and I'm still alive. The, the Braves. Braves. The, oh yeah. Although last night was incredible. Yeah, you know I didn't see a ton of it, but um, I mean Pollock hits two home runs. In an elimination game, and nobody's talking about him today because of what Chris Taylor did. I mean, every time I'd flip it over, not until every time, but two out of the three, he was circling the bases. Yep. What a game that was. What a, in a bullpen game, and now Scherzer followed up by Bueller. Uh, that's part of our claxons today. Mm-hmm. Um, you want Atlanta, you want the Dodgers. Still give me Atlanta. Though the pressure is going to be oh. different. And we talked about this yesterday. The Atlanta, just all the scar tissue that that fan base mm-hmm. has and how... You're going to feel that seep in. I think that's going to be a big part of tomorrow and what we see there. Are we going to get a Game 7 on top of it? It could be as bad as the college football day looks on paper. We could have an epic Saturday of baseball tomorrow. We could. Yeah, we could. Well, we get a night game um, and because there's we talked about all week. The last televised college football game is 6.30 tomorrow, which is just bonkers. I mean, that never, ever, ever happens, but it is uh, this week. So uh, let's let's get in. Just, I don't know, you don't like to talk about this, but I, how are you doing, though? You I mean, we're all getting older, right? You seem like you look exactly the same as the last time we saw. There's a lot of people that care about you just in the keep, market. J- just keep drinking. It's all, right? <laughs> Works for me. If you think I look the just same. Get the guy a scotch and he's good to go. Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. No, I feel great. And, uh, you know, I'm you know, I still uh, I still work. Uh-huh. You, Do you? Yeah, you can't you can't take the uh, the radio and the TV out of the old dogs. So it's hard. So it's was, hard to walk away. I, I'm with you. I'm dreading it. So there was was it two weeks ago? I there was a picture show up on Twitter that what's that seventy super stuff? sports super sports seventy or something yeah. like that super seventy sports. There you go, Man. super seventy sports, and it shows up in my Twitter feed. I think it was on a Sunday, and I looked at it, and I thought. No, this can't be right. And it's it, what it was referring to. It was a Houston Oilers. It was a Houston. It was it was a, some sports guy doing his sports in whatever market he was in, and he looked like a throwback to the 
I don't know, the Burgundy, what's his name, Ron Burgundy? Ron, Ron Burgundy. Before there was Ron Burgundy, there was me. And it, I thought, you know what, that looks like Brinson. <laughs> and I kept looking at it and staring at it, so I retweeted and I said something to the effect, nah, can't be. Can it? And sure enough, that's our guy, Jimmy B. And I'm going to retweet it again right now. It's from October the 10th. I'm going to retweet One it. One of right the now. greatest porno mustaches of all time. <laughs> it's unbelievable. <laughs> there. Did you see a trend? I did, yes. Retweet it from our Miller and Brinson. Uh, Miller and Brinson. Miller and Condon. <laughs> Miller and Condon account. That, that, that's too good. Um, yeah, so would you, where were you? Were you in, in Houston? Dallas? You no, in I was Dallas? working in Dallas at the time, and they were uh, playing. Uh, it was a coming up on a preseason game, and it was uh, and I and I did Cowboys preseason yeah. on TV. So it was the Oilers and Cowboys. Cowboys and can win it all, Jim. They're they're talented. They are talented, and people forget that opening game when they say, "Well, they got a yes, loss." Well, no, hey, they only lost you. by a couple. They had at Tampa Bay. They had them beat. Had them on the ropes. They did. Had the champs on the ropes. A lot of people uh, in that tweet that we were talking about there calling you Doctor Danny Fever, right? From uh, uh, that's another one. WKRP in Cincinnati. WKRP Johnny Fever. Johnny Fever. Yeah. yeah. Yes. 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 Uh, let's get Jeff. He's been on hold for twelve minutes. I'm not sure we what to talk about, but we're uh, happy to have you. Hi, Jeff. Welcome. What's going on? Jimmy B, welcome back. Thank you, my uh, brother. You bet. Hey, uh, Steph Curry, real quick. I didn't want to talk about him, but you brought him up. 25 points in the first first quarter. Didn't miss a shot. Mm. Let me tell you, you guys brought up Clay. I think if they get Ben Simmons, if they can make it work and deal Wiggins and give up maybe a first-rounder and another piece, I, I believe Wiggins would work with Clay and Steph and Curry and Green. I think that'd be a great situation for him to be off ball, kind of playing down low, giving it up, unselfish. I think he'd be perfect for that system. Well, he wouldn't have to worry about scoring, that's for sure. That's true. So (laughs) that is is a plus, Jeff, when you look at it from that standpoint. I'm going to tell you right now, and I've talked to a few people in Philadelphia about this, and right now they believe that he is really a head case. Uh Uh-huh. And they're not sure that teams are going to, like, jump at the opportunity to cut a deal because they're really not sure what they're going to get. Does, the, the, does he have skills? Absa freaking lutely He's one of the best on-ball defenders in the NBA. How big is he, 6'10", 6'11"? 6'10". But, Jimmy, think of this, though. Wouldn't it, wouldn't it be the best fit to be around possibly the two, one of the, I don't know, the best shooter of all times? And then you have Clay. And then you have, I don't know, Steve Kerr. I mean, we could pull up how many big shots he had mm-hmm. back in his day. Absolutely. So wouldn't that be a great situation I, I for think, him? I, I, agree, I agree with the situation that it would fit. And Draymond Green would kick his butt from one end of the locker room to the too. other. That's a good point. Okay. So from that standpoint, I agree that it would be a good fit. The question is, A, would Philly pull the trigger for Andrew Wiggins? I don't think so. Well, he's not helping his trade value either right no. now, right? Uh-uh. With his tra- no. Jeff, what else? we got to move on. Anything okay. else? Real quick. Yes, I do. Um, why is no one talking about Iowa State having a letdown? So we talk about Iowa. Yeah. They had the Penn State game. They had the letdown against Purdue. Why aren't we talking? Because you're saying, Ken, about how what of a great game you know Brock has. Isn't, isn't Purdue going to have a letdown possibly? Huh? Against Oklahoma State? I mean, I guess he could. I, I just think that this team is 
This is not a letdown spot. I don't. Though. No. Yeah. Beating well, beating who, Kansas State. Uh, come on, Kansas State's lost who, eight straight Big Twelve it's games. Not like Penn State. Hold on a second, though. Who's Iowa State? We talk about who's Okie State beat. That's Fair. K State. Fair. Who who they beat? Fair. This is a big spot for them. This is the this is a barometer game for Iowa State. Mm-hmm. They can't I'm lose this on, game and get to Dallas. They just can't. I'm back on board. I'll call Monday. I'm back on board if they win. <laughs> they they got to show me at two thirty that I'm back, Mister Missouri. Show me. <laughs> Thanks, Jeff. Appreciate the call. You have a good weekend. We'll hear from you Monday, and I think you'll be talking about an Iowa State. I think so, I really too. Do. Double digits? I'm not sure uh, on that. Seven and a half? Is it six, seven? Seven and a half at Circa, seven yeah. a couple other spots, Okay, depending on the number. So if you like the Cowboys, certainly grab that seven and a half at Weather's, Circa. Weather's go- not going to be a factor. It's going to be clear. Cold. Cold, but, but yep. yeah, but that's not the factor. So... I I I think that Oklahoma State's passing game will be yeah, will be not, relevant. Yeah, I don't think Sanders can. I don't like you Sanders. Don't, you don't no, like him? No. I I liked him as a freshman because right, I thought downhill. I thought he was going to mm-hmm. be really really good. He just has not developed nope. as a passer at the level. I don't think their wide receivers are that good either. No, they're not. I think the leading wide receivers got twenty five something like that catches. It's not that. Uh, they were like Warren can run. He's good mm-hmm. running back. Yes, he, he is. is. Yeah. Uh, Decent offensive line. Hmm. I think it's just. I think it's. Iowa State looks like Iowa State. And if they get out to a, they get up to a fourteen three lead. So Oklahoma clones, State, you mean? Yeah, they're, yeah. They're, Oklahoma State's not coming back on them either. Look, there's a reason Vegas has as, as I as a seven point lead. Right. Yeah. Exactly. What unbeaten teams in town, and they're getting a touchdown. Come on, power 60, rankings all point to Iowa State. Sixty four percent of the time, we got this number yesterday from Lee Sterling. Sixty four percent of the time, when a team is favored, unranked against a ranked team. They cover the points. Do they? Sixty-four wow. percent. Pretty good number. That's that is number. A, that's impressive. And we got three of them this week: UCLA yep. against Oregon. They're a slight favorite. Yeah. Of course, that one and Wisconsin. Purdue as Purdue's now in the rankings. All three of those teams favored. And if uh, math says it's going to work, you're going to hit two out of three and have a profitable weekend. That, that's you know that all of a sudden that Purdue Wisconsin game. Mm-hmm. You kind of you're looking at the list of games and that kind of ah, please, but it's meaningful. It's, the Big Ten and it's West probably one of the top play. five games of the weekend. I think it is too. Do they have Horvat yet? Is no, he, he's no, not, he's not back. Still play. coming back from the broken no. leg. Okay, you know, he's not they can't play. run the ball either. He can't. Yeah, Mm-mm. that's and Gray Mertz can't throw the ball for Wisconsin. No, he can't. First one to twelve. <laughs> <laughs> well, David Bell's. They, gonna, yeah, yeah, I think David yeah. Bell's going to have yeah. something to He'll say do again. Some damage. Yeah. Uh, so what else from last night? Either you guys watch the NFL. Yes. What did you think? Uh, I thought Case Keenum uh, was. I did too. Was, was was Case Keenum? How about Ernest Spiner? And, and <laughs> Ernest Spiner, that's great. Williams, where was, did that come from? He, you know, where he played. He played at South Florida, yeah. which has been just awful for the last five or six years. So nobody ever heard of this guy. And well, then, he ran. What did I hear in this? He ran a four eight in the combine. Yeah, yeah. His pro day. Right. Yeah, and and then and then he played in the uh, in the old AF. Uh, a A F and for in Orlando and he did fine there, but the league folded mm-hmm. and he had to beg Orlando pretty much to even give him a shot. So here he is. They sign him to the practice squad. God. Next man up, and you know he goes off now. He has a decent offensive line in front of him. Not as good as that offensive line normally is because they have injuries on the offensive line, yeah, meaning, the Broncos, meaning the Browns. The Broncos' calling card, at least I thought, was, was defense. defense. Right. Well, your your boy, Von Miller, got hurt. Yeah, and he was lipping off all He week, was. That was just awful. Yeah, that was bad. What was he thinking? And and they just, you know, they're, they're a good run-blocking team for obvious reasons with the two guys that normally are back there. Yeah. I'll say Hunt and Chubb. Not bad. Man. 
We got to get a break. Jimmy B, it's good to see you. Thank you, guys. Welcome back to Central Iowa. You're here to uh, what? You go home Sunday? Yeah. Go home Sunday. Freezing and, uh, my ass off. I'll be looking at the arrest blotter here the next two nights, see if anything pops up. Rinsing <laughs> so, out on the town. Where are you performing tonight? <laughs> where are you going? If you I don't know yet. I don't know yet. Well, you got it. What's the, what's the bar you two knuckleheads we, go do? The down, down under. Down under. Yeah. We might have to make a, a stop. And if there's a band playing, you know, oh, Brinson's going to get on a the dance floor, or on the yeah, on the microphone, or uh-huh. on the dance floor. He's got those new hips now. He's a dangerous man. Good to see you, brother. Thank you, guys. Always a, great. Yeah, Always a, great. Had a blast. You, you've, uh, you're a chapter in the KXNO sports talk history, <laughs> and I was glad to share it with you, my friend. Good to see you. We'll be back. Dave Sproul on Iowa State. Tom Kakert on Iowa. We do have some business to do before we get to that, though, as it's time for another $1,000 handoff. Text the keyword CASH to 200-200. Right now, it's your chance to win $1,000 CASH to 200-200. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. Dave Sproul, KASI in Ames next. Tom Kakert still to come. That's hour one, 1460 KXNO. Onward. He's so got everything to back. Back to Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Where it began. Ready to hear this? Six o'clock? Six o'clock tomorrow? Yeah. They blared it out of the speakers ten years ago. Yes, they did. That's the first time I, maybe it's the first time I can remember it anyways. Uh, Welcome back, Miller and uh, Condon, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM, just to finish up on Jimmy B. I mean, it's just a perfect ending, right? At the very end of it, get off, go to break. Mm -hmm. Well, I don't have a ride. I picked him up. You picked him up. You got Uber on your phone, Ken? Uh-huh. Do you want me to get you an Uber, Jim? Do you mind? $7 later. Seven bu- Nickel and diamond. <laughs> so he's been like that since he got here. I, and I'm going to guess it did not start when he got to Des Moines. Oh, my, no, you think? Uh, he's such a classic. He really and truly is. There's only one of them. Only one of them. Let's get to Dave Sproul. 1430 on the AM dial. K-A-S-I. That's where Iowa State plays in Story County. How are you, Dave Sproul? I'm fantastic. An honor to follow up the great Jimmy B. You're that great Jimmy B indeed. Boy, he's a dandy. Good to speak with you. Um, so let's talk about this Oklahoma State game. That The, the confidence level I sense in the fan base is, is off the charts, and it's all, I'm guessing, based on you know the, the K-State win. This is an unbeaten team that's coming to Ames, a team that's ranked in the top ten, number eight overall, and yet... It's difficult to find anybody that's really going to, you know, has a, has a strong opinion on those Cowboys. Yeah, Oklahoma State is kind of like Iowa light, where their defense probably isn't as good as the Hawkeyes and their offense isn't as bad as the Hawkeyes, but it's pretty much all defense and the offense just isn't very good. And But I don't think their level of dominance on defense is enough to really make you scared of them the way I think uh, the Hawkeyes uh, kind of due to their opponents, uh, you know, for the most part, except Purdue, I guess. But anyway, um, I, I just think that the way Iowa State's offense showed out last week, and maybe that was a mirage, but I, I think uh, it is something that they can carry over a bit. They probably won't be that efficient because it's hard to do that high level two weeks in a row. But I mean, everything was on track last week at Kansas State. Purdy was efficient. Brees Hall was busting out big runs from the very start of the game. And everything you want to see out of Iowa State's offense pretty much saw last week. So certainly there's some confidence carryover from that. 
even though this Oklahoma State defense can be uh, on the nasty side. I just don't have a lot of faith that Oklahoma State's offense is going to produce enough, really, against a, a pretty decent uh, Iowa State defense. You know, everything statistically that you look at, you look at this matchup on paper, and it points Iowa State's way. But Oklahoma State, they have played really well against Iowa State. Gundy, he has had the number here, and it feels like there's always something weird, something goofy that happens. And unfortunately for Iowa State fans, games are not played on paper and statistical profiles. They're played on the field here. So all that aside, it is still Oklahoma State. What does concern you most about them? When you look at that squad, you talk about the defense. Is it just the goofy nature? Is it the way that Gundy has been able to get Matt Campbell's number? What is it when you look at the Cowboys that does leave you concerned? Well, with this year's Oklahoma State team, it is that defense, it's, and I, I use the word nasty for a reason, just watching them play. Like, they are not afraid to, to blow you up with a hit. They don't just tackle you. They try to blow mm-hmm. you up, and they don't just try to get an interception. They're looking to score off of those pick six. They did it last week against Texas, so... They are pretty aggressive and confident on that defensive side, very experienced on that side as well. So they have every reason to be confident in that bunch. Uh, so I think that's the biggest concern. It's just that they're not just really good on defense. That They will come out and I, I don't mean to imply that they're going to play dirty, but they're going to try to hurt you uh, on defense. Uh, Dave Sproul was with us, KASI fourteen thirty on the AM dial. Uh, Dave, we we talked about it when the you know the Baylor game didn't go Iowa State's way, and and it looked like you know the fan base wasn't feeling real good, right? Their expectations uh, were were so sky high at the beginning of the season, and, and it wasn't uh, wasn't getting off on the right foot. But at the time, I thought you know what, there's it's still all in front of them. But boy, the margin for error, is, if there is one, is 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 uh, thin to say the very least. But it's still there. I mean, the the point still remains. If they they've got to beat Oklahoma State, they're going to have to pick off Texas and Oklahoma and take care of business. They can still do it. This is just the next check uh, box that they have to check, and it's an unbeaten box a team in that box. I'll give you that. But it's still all there for Iowa State if they want to get back to Dallas. Yeah, absolutely. And I I. I hesitate to use the term must win in a game like tomorrow's, but it's pretty close. It is. I agree. It's there. Yeah, not just because Iowa State maybe can't afford another loss in the Big 12 race. I'm convinced every Big 12 team is probably going to lose at least one more game down the stretch because the league is pretty competitive, although what Oklahoma is doing now Mm -hmm. with their new quarterback is pretty impressive. But I I think the big thing with tomorrow is not just that you're going to knock off a team that's ahead of you in the standings. You're going to have a tiebreaker. Tiebreaker, yes. Yep. Uh, Oklahoma State already has a tiebreaker with Baylor, and then Baylor has a tiebreaker with Iowa mm-hmm. State, so we can go round and round on that. But every tiebreaker and advantage you can get, you got to take advantage of it, and that's going to be big for Iowa State if they can pull off a win tomorrow. Special teams. We've seen the kicking game. Mavis has been a revelation, mm-hmm. the length that he has, certainly on the field goals, and he's just been really consistent. The punting game, though, continues to be a dumpster fire. Mm-hmm. Cameron Shook got the job. He takes <laughs> over and... Average 30.5 points and is just two punts. That's the good news. It was just two of them, but still uh, an ugly performance there. So what's the plan this week? Uh, I'm going to guess they're going to have to punt the ball at some point. Who is going to be the punter? Uh, I I think they're going to stick with Shook, but I, I don't know. It's, it's so difficult to tell because, like you said, neither is really taking command of that job. Uh, now, who would have thought? You know, three or four weeks ago, we'd talk about Iowa State having a special teams player of the week. But yeah. as you pointed out, Andrew Beavis did have a, a really nice game there at Kansas State and had some big uh, big field goals for the Cyclones. But when it comes to punting, I don't know. 
you know, for a long time I've been advocated just not punting, and maybe this is the week <laughs> Iowa State tries it out. I mean, what 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 do you got to lose? It's not, not like you're sacrificing a great deal of field position uh, the way the punts are working out right now for Iowa State. So, you know, what the heck? Let's go for it. Come on. Do you, did you notice when you were at the, at the press conferences all week, whether it be coaches or the players you had, or coordinators, uh, players you had an opportunity to speak with, they had to be, I'm not relieved is the right word. I mean, they blew out Kansas, then they had their bye week, and then they, they realized the schedule was going to ratchet itself up, right? Uh, and they took care of K-State. Did you notice a, a different mood around the program this week? Um, not, not a, uh, you know, the proverbial monkey off their back, but just a, you know, different mood, a little bounce in their step. Uh, I think the, the the mood was good, and I'd say good vibes, uh, but not overconfidence from the Iowa State side. Not too different from the week leading up to the Kansas State game. Uh, I think that uh, this is a team that knows, you know, Oklahoma State is a, a very worthy opponent and is going to be tough uh, to solve on defense. And so there's a lot of respect there, and no, so nobody got too carried away uh, bragging up the the performance against uh, Kansas State. Uh, so I I think this is a team that. Uh, you know, as I've said many times before, does a really good job of just kind of staying even keeled and not letting, you know, last week's game affect the next week's game, whether it's a win or a loss. So I got this kind of same sense from this team leading into Oklahoma State that I got leading into Kansas State that they feel good about what they can do, but they also have uh, healthy respect for the opponent. Well, we certainly know a lot about Will McDonald, and we're starting to learn about Craig McDonald, yeah. who uh, came up in a big-time way for this Iowa State defense. Uh, I know Haycock was asked about him earlier this week, and yet another one. These young guys haven't had a ton of opportunity just because of the returning talent, but the guys that have showed up, boy, it feels like these those young guys have stepped up in a big-time way. Yeah, and Craig McDonald maybe uh, should have suspected this coming just based on the fact that he's like 6'3", mm-hmm. which is unusually mm-hmm. big for a, a defensive back, but uh, Matt Campbell seems like his DBs to be on the taller side, and he certainly was impressive. I don't know if it's a, the kind of thing that shows up in the numbers, but he was able to uh, to keep up with the, the receivers and, and make some plays uh, in run support, too, for, uh, for Iowa State. And he plays that position, you know, that Greg Eisworth typically plays, but Eisworth moved over a little bit because Aishim Young is a little banged up. You've seen his hand in a bandage, so... Uh, mm. there's some versatility there that, that having McDonald kind of lends you. And it is, uh, I, I got to admit, I'm very surprised, particularly on the defensive side, uh, how many of the young folks uh, we've seen, the freshmen and sophomores who didn't get a lot of playing time last year, uh, but they're making an impact. And you look at McDonald and both Freeler, oh, I, I might be getting that wrong. No, yeah. you're right. You know, uh, and, and some other, uh, Miles Purchase has gotten some playing time, uh-huh. TJ Tampa. Uh, sophomore has gotten some playing time, so it's it's pretty impressive what some of those young guys are doing, especially in the secondary. Yeah, you almost got to play those guys, get them in right, because all the super seniors they're going to be gone, and these kids would have lost uh, been a year behind. So it's uh, good to see. Also good to see Sean Shaw starting to uh, maybe be more of an impact on that uh, on that game plan. Really good the way he tiptoed or tiptoed there on the sidelines, uh, haul in that pass. Looks like Sean Shaw is starting to emerge along with Jalen uh, Noel, who uh, or Noel rather who looks like they've really got something there. But a couple of receivers starting to step up in that secondary role. Yeah, Shaw only had one catch last week, but it was, it was pretty darn impressive mm-hmm. and memorable. So, obviously, he's he made a mark there. And he's getting healthier. Uh, Matt Campbell has talked about, you know, he's been banged up and uh, hasn't uh, really been able to be at 100%. I don't know if he's at 100% now, but he's as close as he's been all season. So, 
that adds some more depth to what Iowa State can do and with Jalen Knoll stepping up the way he has. And you see, you know, when Brock Purdy is at his best, he really spreads the ball around, and he did that against Kansas State. And, you know, Xavier Hutchinson had a really quiet game, but Iowa State still had a great passing night. Uh, because uh, everybody else was able to step up, and you had old reliable uh, Charlie Kohler there yeah. to make some big catches as well for the Cyclones. So the more depth they have in the receiving core, I think the better Brock Purdy is because he's very good at finding the open guy. It doesn't matter if he's number one on the depth chart or number eight, whatever. If, if the guy's open, he's going to have the faith that his guy's going to make the catch, and he'll spread that ball around without any shame. Are, are the true freshmen still uh, off limits for the media? Like, no, you guys don't get to speak with him, right? Unfortunately, we do not get to speak with a true freshman. All right, Dave Sproul, KSI 1430 on the AM dial. It's Iowa State. It's Oklahoma State. Are you? Have you got high school football duties tonight? Ames is at Johnston tonight with the Little Cyclones right on the edge of playoff <laughs> qualifications. Cyclones are 17th in the RPI this week in the top 16 advance. Oh, and wow. I don't know, some other things might need to happen in addition to an Ames win tonight to qualify. Uh, but uh, I know the little Cyclones will be fired up for their chance. And you can hear that game on 1430 with the guy we're talking to and talk to every Friday, Dave Sproul. Dave, have a wonderful weekend. Thanks for doing this for us. We will talk to you in advance of the West Virginia game next week. Thanks, Dave. Have a good week. Thank you, fellas. Good to talk to you. Dave Sproul, KSI 1430 on the AM dial. From the Cyclones to the Hawkeyes. Yes, they're off this week, but the coordinators were made available. Parker and Ference met with the media. We'll pick Tom Kickert's brain on that. Did Brinson get back to his hotel? Oh, probably. I didn't hear again from the Uber guy. Okay, good. But I'm sure I'll have to tip him. Well, yes. <laughs> oh, good. I'll tip you on the app. He's a dandy. Love him. <laughs> Jimmy B. Uh, it's uh, 1045. Miller and Condon back with Tom Cakert on the Moines Sports Station. 1460 KX and 010. That's off. 108 to go. Smolin steps tall in the pocket again across the middle. Wide open. Touchdown, Dolly Catholic. How about that for a response? 25 yards later, Carson Brown in the end zone for six. Our play of the day brought to you by CISN TV, the game winner as Dowling Catholic comes roaring back to knock off what a Valley game. last week. All the games on CISN TV, I was on the call for that one last week. We'll be back at Valley Stadium. Roosevelt playing for their playoff lives against the Valley Tigers. 7 o'clock with the kickoff, 6.45 with the pregame. You can catch all the action live video with CISN TV and the radio call on 96.9 The Bull. Also, we got the Lincoln Rail Splitters tonight. Trying to stay in the playoff mix. They go up to Ankeny, also on CISN TV. Good stuff. Now, what's the ramifications on that game? Same thing. Win they're in, lose, mm. they're going to need some help. Mm. Well, we'll sort it out. Is this the night that they you wait to the boys in Boone for the playoff matchups? Is this the night or is it next week? It is the tonight, but yeah. they've changed it now. You're no more waiting till 2, 3 in the morning. Yeah. They just release them at 9 a.m. Oh, then, so yeah, okay. They that, just you know, wait. That's better. That's yes. better that way. Uh, let's get Tom Cakert in here, HawkeyeReport.com. Tom Trenton, Ken, thank you for coming on in the bye week. Good to speak with you. You heard from Brian Ferentz. You heard from Phil Parker uh, this week, which is good that Iowa made the coordinators both available for the media, um, which is, I mean, maybe it's hard to say, but who of the two, who do you think was um, – had a worse week. <laughs> I guess who had more on their plate, the defense or the offense, to try and figure out what went wrong against Purdue? Oh, boy. I, I would think it's probably the offense. Just, uh, you know, I don't think anybody's 
calling for Phil Parker's head. No, no, no. I, you know, you <laughs> after one one game where they didn't play up to uh, up to standard, but you're you know Brian Ferentz. I mean, it's one bad game and you're you're on the hot seat, and that's exactly and it's you know him and Spencer Petras are both in the crosshairs of a lot of Iowa fans. So and, and Brian. Brian's pretty self-aware. He understands that um, you know the spotlight's on him. That people tend to um, you know uh, discuss the offensive coordinator's decisions much more than defensive coordinator. Just kind of the way of the world and the way that it is. Because well, you you play it on your video game. It's pretty easy. Why can't you do it in real life? Uh, of course, it is a lot different there. With that, Tom, the offensive line has been a big-time struggle, especially the tackle sure. position with those two youngsters out of there. Cody Ince, I'm not sure where he is health-wise. Any chance at all him, even the true freshman and Connor Colby, looking for help at the tackle position. There's a week to do it. It's obviously during the bye week. Do you anticipate much movement with that offensive line? I don't, um, but, uh, you know, it, it's been interesting, though, listening kind of, Reading between the lines with uh, with Kirk Ferentz for you know the last uh, couple of weeks because he kind of said get to the bye week maybe make some decisions about some things or or just kind of use that as a point of kind of demarcation and um, I, I think that's where they're at right now is this week they were going to kind of look at some things and and you know kind of look under the hood a little bit more but I haven't heard anything that suggests that there's any major changes coming. Uh, I, I think, uh, in fact, when you listen to Kirk and then you after the game and you listen to Brian, they're both seeing improvement in the offensive line. And uh, I guess some of us on the outside, maybe you guys included, would say maybe not the improvement that uh, that uh, the rest of us have been seeing, but they're more experts at it than I am. Well, look, the Athletics got a bunch of guys that have watched a lot of football, and they named Mason Richmond at the Athletic first team all freshmen. Uh, through the first half of the season. So they're seeing something in that a lot of folks aren't. Anyways, uh, do you think we'll see more of Keegan Johnson going forward? Certainly looks as though he deserves more of an opportunity and a bigger role in this game plan. What are your thoughts, Tom? Yeah, I asked Brian about that on Wednesday, uh, about Tyrone Tracy, Arlen Bruce, and um, Keegan Johnson. And, you know, it's amazing to me that, this Iowa team is is uh, this far into the season, and Tyron Tracy doesn't have a hundred yards received, mm-hmm. which is just baffling to me. And you know, Keegan Johnson's averaging what thirty yards a reception, and he's playing eighteen snaps. And I think Arlen Bruce is in that same boat. So I, I think they've got to not only find ways to get them on the, those two young guys on the field more, but also to get the ball in the hands of those guys more often. Get the young guys going, get that offense revved up in a different way. And the final five games, they're favoring every one of them right now, at least the uh, future look ahead lines that they have at Elite Sportsbook. Those are there right now. Tom, the most difficult game remaining of the schedule, though, I would argue before last week it was Nebraska. So do I. I don't know if that's the case anymore. The Gophers are playing better football, of course. You got the road trip to Camp Randall coming up next week. Rank them one through five, most difficult to the easiest of the remaining five games. Mm, boy, that's a good. I question. got five. I would say, <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I think five is Illinois. Yeah, yes, we'll we'll yes. put Illinois at five, and I think we'll put um, the 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 game at Wisconsin, at Nebraska, and then at Northwestern as the, the next um, the top three, and then probably Minnesota. 
Yeah, Minnesota, they, they caught my attention this last week. Arvin Bell's healthy finally. Yes, and that's the difference. He caught it. That, that ball he caught in the corner of the end zone, mm-hmm. that, that was pretty good. Well, and a guy that would be covering him on that play, would if it happened against Iowa, would probably be Riley Moss. That was his side of the field. What's the prognosis that he gets? It's not that Roberts was bad. They picked on him, uh, thought that uh, they would, and, and they did early in the game. Uh, Riley Moss, what, what are you hearing about his availability or potential availability? for Wisconsin, Tom. I asked Phil Parker that on Wednesday, and I was surprised because I would I, I was expecting to get the rebuff of the head coach will talk about the injuries. Mm-hmm. You know, something like that, standard operating procedure. But he kind of said, he, you know, he hasn't been working this week, but they were going to give those guys the week off anyway, but um, that he wouldn't count him out. So does that mean he's playing? I don't know, but it seems to... He didn't shoot it down like, yeah, there's no chance he's going to play. So um, we saw him on the sidelines, and he was, you know, had his leg immobilized. So I was kind of surprised when he said, yeah, I'm not counting him out. So um, I, I think maybe 50-50 that he's going to play, and they could certainly use him, although, you know, Wisconsin's passing yeah, has not been very good. Really bad. Yeah, opening there, no doubt. Over to recruiting with you, Tom. On the heels of that big recruiting weekend against Penn State, last week it was certainly different, but they've gotten a commitment out of it, another running back there. What's the latest on the recruiting front when you look at Iowa? What's remaining? How many scholarships are less for the 2022 class? Yeah, the big um, you know, the big thing is they're, they're trying to round this class out, and they've always said kind of 15, 16, and they're at 11 uh, just because they don't have a huge number of openings right now. Um, you know, I, I don't think they're going to exceed that by a whole. Obviously, the young man at Southeast Polk is the top mm-hmm. yeah. guy right now, Xavier Wampa, uh, and obviously should be. He's a five-star kid. Yeah. Um, I, I think the other guys are, are mainly kind of flip guys that they're trying to get. Uh, the Boulder kid from uh, linebacker that just picked up an Ohio State offer is just kind of blown up, kid from Illinois he visited. So Iowa was in early on him. Uh, I think he's interesting. Um, they're trying to flip a uh, offensive lineman from uh, that's uh, at Missouri, and uh, Kirk Ferentz and uh, George Barnett are going to see that kid this weekend. So, along with his team, Green. So, um, they're going to have uh, you know their eyes on trying to make some moves here in the next few weeks. Tom Caker at HawkeyeReport.com. Tom, we are out of hour. We will uh, talk to you uh, this time next week in advance of the Wisconsin game. Thank you, Tom. Appreciate it. Good to talk to you. Okay. Thanks. Thank you. Tom Caker at HawkeyeReport.com, part of the Rivals Network. Uh, final hour of the week coming up. Bama Bob, Trent, and I go around college football. Your opportunity to win Claxon's Barbecue and our picks before we get out of here. It's Miller and Condon on 1460 and 106.3 FM.